Here's Clark again. Oh, and through again he goes. He's got Satuku with him. But it's Ioane, in fact. And Rico Ioane's going to score. What a brilliant play from Caleb Clark, and the Blues are in again. Then it back this near side for Vince Arso. Vince Arso gives it away to Umanga Jensen. And he's got it on the line. And that is a try. Pass. Oh, oh Kia ora, and thanks for joining us for another episode of The Counter-Ruck, a podcast where we discuss all things rugby. I'm the host of The Counter-Ruck, Stacey, and today we welcome in a man who's here to front up and explain his team's fortunes. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see his uh, username on our, on our uh, chat is uh, Foot Touch the Grass. <laughs> so he's probably got a lot to say about uh, some of the calls, or the riff calls. I want to welcome in... Um, one of the stalwarts of uh, Waitamata Rugby. Rog, Rog, thanks for coming on, brother. Kia ora, kia ora. Bula vanaka. <laughs> nice, brother. Uh, we're going to get into it soon. We'll get into the Chiefs and, and their fortunes, and it's great to have you on board to um, discuss the Chiefs' fortunes and what's going on with them. But I'll just take care of a few housekeeping things before we get into it. So um, our website is up and running, so check us out there www.wizwiznet.com and also you can follow the counter on Twitter and Facebook so give us a follow and give us a like there but uh, yeah Roger we'll get straight into it mate so we'll look at some of these games do some uh, reviews um, and on uh, I think it was Saturday night the Crusaders played the Chiefs down in Christchurch and the Crusaders took it out 39 to uh, the Chiefs 17, mate. So I'll give you the first word, seeing you're a diehard Chiefs fan. Uh, how did you see that game, brother? And what, what did you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, obviously it wasn't planned for it to pan out the way that it did. And uh, <laughs> but uh, I was hoping for a, a sort of a, a better result and kicking on from what was a pretty poor start to the season and an additional loss on their sort of losing streak. Uh, from 2020, uh, the Crusaders, but obviously against the Blues, another, and coming off a bye week too, you know, think that they'll probably try and get things in order, um, but unfortunately, they started off well, had a good, they were going toe-to-toe with the Blues, or am I watching the, the wrong game? Crusaders, sorry, they went toe-to-toe <laughs> the Crusaders, with the Crusaders. Yeah. but anyway, yeah. going with the Blues, so which game just happened on the weekend, was the Blues, right? No. Yep, it's Crusaders. Crusaders played so. the Chiefs. Crusaders, Chiefs. All the losses are all blending into one, aren't they? <laughs> yes, the Crusaders beat the Chiefs there, thirty-nine seventeen on um, on Saturday night. Yes, 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 yes. That's that's correct. Um, but um, obviously the Crusaders ran away with it in the end there, and just showed why they are the best and why they're the current champions and why they've won uh, multiple championships in this competition. It doesn't matter who they throw in there and who they inject. And even when Will Jordan came in, the injection of what he provided as well. Am I going about the right game? Will Jordan coming in? Yep. Yep. Uh, but that, you know, obviously we can talk about uh, some of the TMO calls and the referee calls until the cows come home. But um, 
obviously that foot did touch the grass for what was a spectacular try and what could probably be deemed as one of the tries of the um of Super Rugby so far. However, uh, controversial that it is because since since that try been awarded, obviously today there's been other um, experts analyse that footage and despite the TMO um, going with the on-field call that it was a try, obviously the foot touched the grass. But hey, <laughs> we're not here to question that and whether it would have made a difference uh, with the final result. But I mean, good stunning rugby. I'm, I'm happy just for uh, the punters and spectators to just be able to witness some great running rugby that Super Aotearoa is providing us in and what a what a way to start the season and the Crusaders and the Blues alike have just uh, ignited the competition alike with uh, some of the results over the weekend and some some results. I think the, the scores were quite similar um, in mm. how they blew it out. So great running rugby. But I guess the TMO decisions can be uh, talked about Right in between both games, and so I'm not sure how that's affected the the Australian matches, but definitely New Zealand uh, matches have been controversial with the Akira Yuane and Rika Yuane uh, try being disallowed when uh, Rika, uh, Akira had had broken down the sideline on the right side and threw throwing that pass to his brother away for all money. It was a it was deemed a try at first glance, but and it should have still remained a try. Despite the law of physics, the referee didn't take that into consideration. Um, so you know, and that's that, that can just be an honest mistake that they need to address and ensure because it wouldn't have made a difference, I don't think, in the in the the, uh, the end result. But um, in tight tighter matches, especially in a match with the that's touted to be one of the the top clashes here with the Crusaders and Blues next week. I mean, can they really? Um, afford to make those kind of errors in, in, in a tightly contested match. So, But with my Chiefs, going back to my Chiefs, because I don't want to talk about anyone else but my Chiefs, but um, Damien McKenzie, what a stellar. <laughs> I mean, if that wasn't, that, it shouldn't have been a try. Technically, it shouldn't be a try, but, you know, it was a try that was awarded. But I think what I've witnessed is Damien McKenzie's, you know, we, we've seen it time and time again, how he puts his body on the line, last line of defence, and he, he still puts in such a great effort to try and cover... Um, the last person trying to run through that and scoring a try and finishing off in such spectacular style. But, you know, he puts his body and his face was totally um, pretty much a head. He would have got a bit of a concussion going into Final Nuku. But um, it was, um, yeah, good running rugby all around. I think they just got to tighten up because, like I said, they were blow for blow in that first half. Um, just, you know, quite short, a little bit short in that first half. But... Crusaders ran away with it in the end. Yeah, I'm not too sure how they can fix that, what, how they can address it, because you would have thought that they would have had the bye week and so two weeks since uh, their last game to sort of try and get things rolling again. But uh, Luke Jacobson had a, a had a good game for mine, I believe. Um, yep. Nepo Laulala had a great game. Oh, sorry, yeah, he's playing for the Blues now. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, nah, I, I was happy. I'm I'm happy where they're at. I mean, despite the heavy loss, I think uh, it's not all um, doom and gloom just yet. And I think they've got some of their home matches that they can sort of try and make amends with in the weeks to come. Yep. 
Yeah, good thoughts there. I thought, you know, the Chiefs are in a bit of a rut and they needed a little bit of luck. So when that, they got that try, that Whanganuku try, and they didn't get the call, I thought the floodgates sort of opened a little bit from there. But that was amazing athleticism from Whanganuku. And you're right about McKenzie because he shouldn't have even gone close to stopping that. That should have been a relatively easy, straightforward try. But he... He's got like 30 kgs on him as well, Whanganuku, and he just went full tilt at him. So, yeah, I like watching McKenzie, and that's one of the, the bright spots for the Chiefs, I'll say. I'm wondering mm. if it might be time, and we talked about this a bit last week, to move McKenzie to 10. They need to get him more ball, and it's just not working as great as he is at fullback. He can influence the game a bit more, especially now that I think Chase Tiatia who is he can play a bit of fullback as well. So and they've got Sean Stevenson who can play fullback. So they've got some more fullback options. I wonder, have you got any thoughts on that? Maybe moving McKenzie, or would you just? I guess we'll it's see. pretty hard because we'll he's not really the problem that's going wrong there playing fullback. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, McKenzie, he's got more more space and more time to direct things and to see things and how they unfold from the back. But obviously, they've tried him. They know what he can do at first five. Um, I guess they're just trying to settle in the the inside combinations with who they've got there and and hoping that this combination that they currently got with McKenzie at the back to come close to a guy like Lester Fainuku, um, albeit um, still getting the try. But I mean, we don't, we know that he can play there. Whether the Chiefs can still sort of um, try and um, experiment with uh, Trask and McKenzie and 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 the other mm. guys that they've got coming in. So it's trying to get those combinations right. And like I say, they had a, a an okay first half to to be within reach of the Crusaders. But then, obviously, once you give them a little bit of a sniff and they do what they do and they run away with it like that, and then it just makes it it becomes so easy. So it was almost like they. We're a little bit discouraged in the end because nothing was bouncing their way. Weber getting, you know, time in the bin as well didn't help us. But right. Um, but again, another call, controversial call. It went upstairs <laughs> and they went with one angle. So if my my only my only qualm with that is that if they're gonna use the technology, then they have to make sure. If otherwise, just relate uh, rely on the referee's call because technology in those two instances. And I'm not saying that's the reason why the Chiefs lost. But in those two instances, cost us a player, cost us a try, and then whatever else happened happened, and, and we can always still put it down to the skill factor of the of the of the Crusaders. But those instances are, are, are in games like these and in, in the you know, local derbies that we're getting, you know, it, it, it can be costly to a to a to a point. And Weber had came nowhere close to that game, that ball that he allegedly uh, knocked while making a tackle on Wonga. So. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing about when, when you're in a rut, then also the calls seem to go against yeah. you as well. That just just compounds itself. Um, one thing I'll say for the Crusaders side, Moonga, he he was amazing pulling the strings there. And we talked about Whanganuku. And, and both Sever, him and Severus have been good on the wing, so it'll be interesting. I think they they have to be good because George Bridge will be back, I think, in the next sort of two or three weeks. And Braden Eno is probably maybe... A, a month or two away after that, so someone's going to have to make way. They can't fit them all in, and, and I think that you know those outside backs they realise that they have to be good every week because otherwise someone else can take their spot, and that's the thing about having that depth there. 
But it's crazy. Um, it's crazy what the Crusaders have got because then there's always they're always going to unearth a new talent at some point, and they'll be waiting yeah. in the wings for their opportunity. But to have right. all these current All Blacks that are not even making the squad or not even in the in the starting lineup, it's it's amazing that the depth that the Crusaders have. But again, it's the the dynasty that they've created over the last decade or two. Yep, nice. Nice thoughts there, Rog. And uh, very humble of you to, uh, as well, not making any excuses, you know, just giving the Crusaders some credit. So that's good there, brother. Um, I'm not sure if you caught the game on Sunday, brother. The Blues played the Highlanders at Eden Park on uh, Sunday. So the Blues took that one out. Same score, like you mentioned, 39-17. to 17. So have you got any thoughts on that one? No, I was, at, uh, I was on the Viaduct. There was a bit of a non-event on the, on the waters. There was no wind. Uh, so there were no races <laughs> due to the lack of wind. So I was at one non-event when there was another non-event that was happening at Eden Park. So I, I just caught glimpses <laughs> as I was walking past some of the establishments there and the bars with the screens on and then even some of the super boats, super yachts that were on that were moored in the viaduct and they had their screens playing. And I could just I could see the blues were running away with it. And, yeah, so it was, it was pretty good. But, um, again, watched the, the extended highlights and seeing the – the Ioane brothers, you know, just really express themselves the way. And obviously, it's great to see Akira just growing and, you know, and, and just mm. just kicking off from where he left off last year, you know, becoming yeah. a uh, an all-black. And hopefully, he can continue to do that. And the form, the maturity that he's showing. And even when things don't go their way and a call, you know, the way that he was able to address that in the media and even on the field, you know, he wasn't going to obviously react as he has in the past. So I think, again, just great to see that growth aspect with Akira and um, linking with his brother and just doing well for the Blues. And, again, the Blues just, you know, you can go right through from Perofeta through to um, Otere Black. uh, Guys just all doing their their jobs and, and, and knowing their roles and doing it really well. So... Uh, right from the the back to the the forwards, making the way up the middle. But there's a lot of confidence yep, in yep, the Blues. Yeah, what's that juicy you got there? What juicy you got on there? My screen's a bit blurry. Have you got oh, a Blues no. jersey on at the moment? Or oh, sorry. <laughs> hey, <there's, laughs> I mean, not not everything blue is blues. You know, it's it's just a a standard plain blue. Edit that shit. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, no, no, good thoughts there, Rog. Um, especially on Akira. You know, you talked, we talked uh, about the Crusaders and the, the depth that they've got there really encourages good performance, but I think the Blues have got some real depth in the loose forwards as well. So, you know, Akira, he lost the number eight jersey to Hoskins last year, and I think with Tom Robertson there, uh, he has to be good. And to his credit, he's really stepped up. And you're right, he's carrying on his form from last year, and it's finally... I don't know if he should have been moved to six earlier, but once he's made that transition, he's made every post mm. the winner. So, yeah, 100% agree about Akira. And Oteri Black, you also touched on, I've been sort of pumping his tyres for a little bit now, but I think I think he's the next best 10 at the moment after Richie Wonga. So, Ooh. you know, the old world-class 10 theory might be holding up and Oteri Black could be moving into that category. 
and international 10 which could nah, 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 bode nah, well nah, for nah, us nah. winning a title Nah, you can't use that. You can't say that. If they win it, then you say, oh, no, you see, Altered Black is world-class. No, you can't say that now because you never used Altered Black in that sentence, Stacey. Neither you nor Cam. But I'm, I'm just saying, I'm saying, if he gets picked in the All Blacks this year, then well, what, do you, what do you say? You know, he, he'd be an international first wife. And then my theories would still hold true about... The, you know the Super Rugby no, no, winners no, no, needing no, no. a no, international no, 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 first no, no. five to win. So again, again, let's remind you: we had international first fives. You had the likes of Tassessa Lavia, Stephen Brett. They were all internationals, and they're right. They weren't. <laughs> yes, they were. Oh <laughs> they, well, they, they were international first fives. They didn't win you a championship, but hey. They were international. So now you're saying, you're, are you sort of like lowering the, the the bar now? Are you saying, oh, they didn't have to be, you know, world-class superstars, first five. They can well, just think be if international. You're Black, oh, oh. If you're an all-black first five, then you're you're a world-class first five, in my opinion. If you represent well, well, any about, of the Tri-Nations Stephen, teams. Stephen Brett, was a, he was an international uh, New Zealand all-black. A Māori, Māori I don't think black. he was, was he? Oh yeah, so no, Maori no, 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 um, yeah, I, I think Otelia Black's really coming on board. I've been really happy with them. And uh, no, I want a special too. shout out to um, uh, they, they had a young lock there, Sam Derry. He made his debut. So he's the guy that was from Canterbury and he left, not hardly anyone ever leaves Canterbury. And I think, well, they've got locks galore there as well as back. So uh, he realized his path was blocked and uh, he's come up here to try and. Uh, signed with the Blues and he looks really good I know some pundits he was with the New Zealand under 20s and some pundits thought he could be a future All Black captain watching him play for the under 20s so that's a good snare, wow. uh, snare from the from the Blues yeah yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. just a name to keep an eye out for I quite like the the way that um, Kirk Eklund injected himself because we, we've seen in the past how he's been able to you know, play uh, at provincial level as well as for the Blues in yep. the past sporadically. But um, I think with the retirement of one of Danny's favourite um, All Blacks, um, James Parsons, um, it's given him the opportunity to come in. I mean, you still got Apisau in the in the in the in the squad as well. But Kirk Eklund's got a you know he's got a bit of a ticket there to sort of try and stake a claim and trying to become the the number one rake for the Blues. So there was a young fella that was the North Harbour hooker that yep. started the game. But um, I, I, I like the look of um, uh, Kirky Gloom, and it's good that he's back in New Zealand shores to try and um, – I think he was unlucky not to try and get a spot. He, I mean, he was chosen in the North North Island team um, last year, but uh, unlucky not to be able to show his wares in that game. It's pretty much doubled as an all-black trial, but um, – who knows, he, he could be on the path to higher honours later on this year, all going well. But um, Carl Tutankhuafe, yeah, made that little slip on the, in the corner there, that try that uh, let through, but hmm. he can be, be forgiven. He was uh, up against the back anyway, so it, it sliced through. Yep. 
Yeah, there seems to be a bit of a gap as well after the, these games. So there's the top two, the Blues and the Crusaders, and then there's sort of um, the other three teams. So it's going to be interesting these games this week. But uh, we haven't got any more. Have we already been categorised as the other? Are we just making up numbers now? Oh, far out. After three weeks, well, I they mean, say. You can't tell me there's not a divide in the competition, uh, sort of I'd a top st- two and a, a I'd just like to remind bottom. you, it, it's all about the... I'm, I'm really... I want to emphasise the never give up attitude that I think is <laughs> what you're missing out. And we saw that today, Luna Rossa versus the Team New Zealand. And so, you <laughs> oh know, they, they had... Gone out to it. There was a bit of a malfunction for the New Zealand team. Luna Rossa for all money, two two point three kilometers ahead. You know, everyone would have thought they're going to win this race, but the never give up, never give up attitude of New Zealand showed that they could come back. And obviously, the wind had a lot to play with it, the lack thereof. So I wouldn't discard any of the the bottom three as you've categorised Highlanders, Hurricanes, and the Chiefs, especially the Chiefs, because Chiefs mana. And with defence like Damian McKenzie at the back, are going to come back and pull it back. And we're going to what was the what was the odds for our bet with the you know Chiefs to take out the competition? You're going to make money. You're going to make money. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, just for our listeners out there, we did put ten dollars on the Chiefs to win uh, the competition. So that's still pending. Uh, it's going to take a bit of a miracle. But if it comes off, we'll we'll be up there. Um, Roger, mate. I'll. Uh, we've got. A, do you want to look at anything Australian? Did you catch anything in there? I didn't really watch a lot of it, but anything worth talking about from the weekend from the Aussie? No, unfortunately, I didn't. And you know, tried to get in as much last week. I did though, but I will obviously moved on to. But it's, it looks quite promising. I mean, they've got a good competition. I guess yeah, mm. there's a few teams again who are quite off the pace over there. But we don't know how things once they you know get into the rhythm of things. Uh, once it hits the mid rounds, then that's when business starts to get a bit more serious and then you'll see the the, the contenders from the the, the rest of them so um, I'm, Queensland's looking good uh, interesting to see how uh, the Western Force sort of progressed through because obviously in the past have been the sort of salad dwellers but with the Melbourne Rebels but you know I think that competition is still up uh, for anyone to take it out so yeah, I'll give hmm. it a couple more weeks and then we'll be able to sort of see a bit more. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. The competition, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I watched a couple of the games, not not as much, especially now that, um, yeah, it just takes up a lot of time. But uh, I will say that the Rebels beat the Force uh, 10 points to 7. And I watched some of the highlights of that. Marika Korobiti on the wing, he was, he was everywhere. He's outstanding. He's got a really high work rate, so he was... Um, one of the standout players there. And the Reds beat the Brumbies 40-38. to 38. So another close game, nail-biter game. I think uh, Jordan Pataya got a try in the last minute to steal it for the Reds. But I will say, uh, Taniela Tupo, he was a beast in that game. They had like uh, four tight-head wins, uh, scrum wins. So he was just mowing through there, whoever was on the uh, the Brumbies side. Um, and that's, so that's good to see really because good. obviously Tavita Tupo was... Uh, Taniela, sorry, Taniela Tupo was renowned for his general play, for his wide running and mm. for his rampaging runs. But it's good to see that he is sort of focusing more on the set pieces and 
and dominating in in one of his core roles as a as a prop, but obviously not taking away from his expensive game as well as we've seen him um, uh, do in, in the past. So, and he's growing as well. He's still a young man, but um, finding his way as a and I don't think he's he's uh, peaked as a as a prop. I think he's just, you know, getting started. He hasn't come into his prime yet. But once he does, and the more he develops in the Australian game, he'll be one to watch out for at the next couple of World Cups, I believe. But, um, yeah, interesting you say about – you talk about Korobeti because he's a hit-and-miss guy from, from just from a spectator point of view. He, you know, when he's devastating, he's, he's amazing and he is busy. But then there'll be some games when he's just off his game. He'll get plenty yeah. of ball, but – a lot of drop balls, a lot of missed tackles, and a lot of mistakes. But um, mm. but yeah, he's just one of those guys who can be amazing and and finishes. He can finish off really well as well. But he's quite a compact, solid, uh, strong um, type of a winger. He's not that big in stature, but he's quite. He's like a David Smith um, yeah. type. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like. He doesn't just stay on his wing and if the ball comes his way he'll be sorted mm-hmm. like you said and that's what came through on this game he was you know picking goes from the back of the ruck turning up on the right wing coming back to the left runs through the middle so he's really busy and he likes mm-hmm. to be involved and that that um, really you're right and if he's on that he can do a lot of good things for his teams so yeah um, good thoughts there on the Aussie mate we'll do we'll do a quick preview mate of these upcoming games um, so the Canes, the Canes got the Chiefs on Saturday. So um, two teams sort of searching for that first win. How are you mm. how are you seeing that one? I think this one's down in uh, in uh, Wellington at the Cake Tin as well. Well, I, I mean, I watched a couple of, I think a first game of the Hurricanes, and they look the goods. They 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 seem like they've got the makings of of a great side. They've got a lot of names in there, you know, a lot of current All Blacks as well as ones that were handed their first squad um, announcements or included, like Karifi, you got your Adi Savia. And as fr- as frustrating as it was for Adi in the first week they played, you know, they couldn't all they couldn't even buy a trick, you know, they were just mm. up against it. But at the same time, they they it didn't sort of it didn't sort of mean that they weren't trying. Um because there's some hard workers in there, you know. You obviously your Artie with his rampaging runs and a few close calls, and but I think it could be anyone's game with against the Chiefs who are desperate for a win just as much as them. And is it at home in Cacton, uh, the old Cacton, or is it? Yeah, the Cacton Sky, mm. Sky Stadium. So yeah, so it should be interesting. I, I, as much as I'd want the Chiefs to. Um, to take a win out of there. I mean, it's going to be hard to try and come up against a desperate um, uh, Hurricanes team on home soil who, you know, they'd love to defend their ground um, with a passion and, and give the, give a good result for their fans. So could be a real close one. Yep. I think someone's dropped out. Was that me? Oh. Yeah, um, just Did down. We talked a, uh, a little bit now, it should be sweet, but um, I remember looking at um, 
Now, talking about McKenzie maybe moving to 10, I wonder if, about Geordie Barrett as well. I wonder if he should be making the move to 10 because he's they're in similar positions where they're the best back they've got and they're the most influential. And you, sometimes you think you should move them. But I wonder, I don't even know if that's a good idea considering how great they are at fullback. But uh, to me, I was just more pointing out that they're in similar positions. And uh, hey, I'll just get your thoughts for the Chiefs. I'm wondering about um, Gatland. You wonder if he's given old... Um, is that McMillan the new coach? He's just throwing him under the bus by giving him a pretty, you know, a, a team so low in the thing. What do, what do you think Gatlin's got a bit to answer for for the Chiefs? Why is why they're still down where they're down? He just left them in the lurch. Are you talking about Gatlin's Gatlin senior? I think they would have yeah, been senior, uh, Warren pre-planned. They would have known this is what was going to be. Um, what was going to take place in 2021. So I think, I don't think it was a, an underarm bow or throw under the bus as sorts of sorts, but um, I think they knew it was coming and they had arranged and prepared for this to be. But obviously, yep, that's what it looks like on the outset, having an 8 nil or 9 and 0 sort of record coming into this season. But... Um, you know, it's been a long time since they've they've had a win since before COVID last year, and mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm hoping that you know both teams are going to be desperate. It's not questioning the efforts that they're doing at training during the week and trying to get things right. Sometimes it's just um, them creating their own luck and just hoping that um, everything falls into place. But when you're you know you're training that at training is different when you're coming up against an opposition um, that's trying to. Um, disrupt all of that and, and implement what they've been trying to do in, as defensive as well as attacking. So it's all it's all guesswork as well as just trying to be as prepared as best as possible. But one sort of um, thing that I'm not too sure about is, is Julian Savia on the wing for the Hurricanes. I mean, yes. I mean, I know there's a lot of experience with uh, Julian there. I just don't think he he looks as quick on the wing compared to a lot of the young wingers. I think ball in hand and when he's got a lot of momentum, he's hard to stop. But um, when they're shutting him down early, he doesn't have the same um, sort of explosiveness as he once had. And that wasn't even that long ago, but it's just the defences are shutting him down. He's not having the room to try and um, uh, try and make some sort of momentum. Or, but, you know, and, and I, I think I watched a couple of weeks ago when they, they did, he just didn't seem like, wasn't reading the play. There was a there was a try, I think it was Richie Monga that, that broke away for a try or down the left-hand side. And he could have, he sh- had he kept on pushing, he would have been there. But then just a bit of complacency. But, you know, we all had those kinds of moments. Whereas, you know, he was a winger chasing back. But um, I'd really like to see them use him at centre. And whether he's got the skills, skill set to be able to play there, we don't know because we haven't seen it. But um, it'll be interesting to see. Because I'm pretty sure he was in the squad as a midfielder. Or was I wrong? Yeah. No, he was. He was listed as a midfielder. Named in a... Mm. Hmm. So who knows? Maybe we'll we'll probably see that later in later rounds. But yeah, it's just been... It just seems a little bit laboured on the wing there for my... Yeah, I think also that sort of um, 
exacerbated by the fact they've got a really good winger there, um, Celeste Rayasi, who's been at the ITM Cup level at least. He's been one of the, the best players going around for a couple of years. So, yeah, I think I, I, I'm with you on that. But I'm also an, a biased Auckland guy, and I want to see Rayasi play. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they do, because I'm wondering if they do need to make a few changes. They've lost their opening couple of games. This is a real hard game for me to pick, so... Um, I've just gone for the Canes in a close one just because it's played in Wellington. No other real reasons other than that. But um, that's going to be a good game that Canes uh, Chiefs on Saturday. But uh, we'll move up to um, Sunday. Top of the table clash. Blues Crusaders at Eden Park, mate. God, I can't wait for this one. What are your thoughts on that one? I'll be, I'll be disappointed if there's no more... If there's anything less than 30,000 people at Eden Park because this is, uh, this is the game that the Aucklanders missed out on, all the Blues fans missed out on yep. last year. So, I, I, you know, obviously the crowd was a bit low and I'll I put that down to, uh, on the weekend just gone, I'll put that down to the America's Cup being in town as well. So yep. hopefully come uh, uh, this weekend, the America's Cup is all done and dusted by then and then who knows, then we could have uh, a full sort of complement at Eden Park, which would be nice, you know, in terms of the stadium and it's starting to build momentum with, you know, the 660 concert just being announced as well. Mm. So, yeah, um, yeah, a full Eden Park is a is, is, is happy, happy days, isn't it? So I'm hoping they can start that off with uh, this weekend against the Crusaders because they were starved of a, of a Super Aotearoa uh, ending match, you know, last season match in 2020. So... Hopefully, all going well. No COVID restrictions or anything up until then. <laughs> we know how that's worked out in the past with uh, real last-minute cancellations. But I'm hoping the Blues can do it against the Crusaders because Crusaders, I think, are going to be the favourites regardless of um, form in these last couple of weeks because the Blues have showed that they can be a team that can absolutely be devastating in open play as well as just to run from one one end to the other. In, in, in style, especially with the Ioane brothers, but in breaking out as they did the weekend. So I think if they can kick on with the, the current form of the weekend just gone against the Highlanders, it's going to be interesting. Are they going to cancel each other out? Because they were both high-scoring games uh, that they showed on the weekend. And um, so someone's going to cancel. Or are they just going to be going toe-to-toe? Or is it going to be a low-scoring match? But I think it's going to be a yeah quite an interesting game because you're going to see a lot of flair, a lot of hard hits with the forwards going at each other and then the strategies that they'll use that they've used against the Hurricanes and the Highlanders respectively and see if that can can because the, the Crusaders have got some great line out options and the moors that they've got going so whether the Blues can withstand that and read it easy um, but uh, read it early because the Crusaders have nullified what the, uh, the in the Hurricanes in the first week the Hurricanes were trying to hit that line from, from a line out 5-10 metres out and could, couldn't just, the defence from the Crusaders was outstanding to shut down there more, but then they were able to show the Hurricanes how to do it properly and score try after try from a rolling more from a line-out. And uh, I think it's being inventive in those areas from set pieces and, and seeing a Sevi Reese up against, you know, uh, who have they got? Uh, Mark Tillier Caleb. or Caleb Clark. Yeah, so, mm. um, you know, I haven't even mentioned Caleb Clark and you got, you know, you've got him in there as well, scoring tries off from Rico. And I, I rec- see Rico perform at centre has been really encouraging. You know, he's obviously he's just expressing himself the way that we know that he does best. But 
he's showing week after week that he's to be taken seriously at, as a midfielder. We know he can play at wing if required, but he's sort of announcing to the world, to New Zealand rugby, that, you know, take me seriously as a centre first now. You know, I'm not just a winger. Yep. Yep, I agree with all of that. It's going to be an uh, awesome game. Um, basically a final preview. Um, I think the Blues I think the Blues have got the best loose forwards in the comp, so I think that's going to be the difference. You know, just the power running, that was how they beat the Highlanders. It was um, Tui Polotu and Akira and Hoskins just smashing through them and through the middle, and then after they got through them, then that's when the razzle-dazzle and all the rest of it came through. So I don't think that the Blues will deviate too far away from that game plan. It's going to be a good game Sunday. Hopefully I'll be there. COVID restrictions um, pending. But um, yep, I'm predicting the Blues to win that one. So that's going to be two home wins. Two close games, but two home wins um, there. But um, Rog, mate, we'll look at our TAB account. So thanks to Cam's, he... Um, Predicted Crusaders 13 plus and Blues 13 plus multi, which came through. So, wait, we're up to 168 See? bucks. So you should be thankful well, I wasn't on because I would have I would have questioned those bets. So I said, no, 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 you're gonna lose money. <laughs> don't do it. Don't yeah, do we're, it. we're up to 168 now. So we started with 50 bucks. We're rolling. We're rolling in the cash now these days. 168 dollars. I haven't had to put any money in the TAB accounts basically just living off the winnings these days but um, <laughs> Rog I'll get you come on mate I'll get you to get our, our TAB tip for the, for this week uh, just anything to do with the rugby oh so okay oh, can I do the Crusaders Blues game yeah you can do it. pick any game you want um, and we'll put I'm our, saying... put our 10, 10 on for the week yep Crusaders Blues game Blues under 12. Oh, nice. To win. Nice. Yeah, I like that bet, actually. I would have gone for that as well. And I will be there at Eden Park. <laughs> We're there to take jersey you got on now. With my Chiefs jersey. With, no, no, no. With my Chiefs jersey. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be that guy. That guy. I think if you lose this week, you'll take the new record of the most losses. I'm, I think that's correct. So, could be in for a few tomatoes getting thrown at you and some rotten fruit and stuff. But no, that'll be good. That'll be good. I like that bit it's actually. Right. Blues thing. Blues are right. twelve and under. Yeah. All right. All right. Now some good tips there, Rogers. Some good thoughts. Um, we're just about to close up, man. That's uh, that's us done and dusted. So we'll get um, just some final thoughts for you for rugby. And the, the week that was, and the week that is to come. I think it's um, it's gearing up to be some good clashes, you know, because we obviously got the Blues and um, Crusaders, and the other game is is it Chiefs and Hurricanes. So there should yeah. be some good clashes. I think everyone's looking forward to it. I think the stadium will be, especially Eden Park, will be a bit more full. Uh, once uh, the America's Cup is wrapped up as well. But I think right across, even right through to community um, rugby, grassroots, uh, the club scene is sort of kicking off with not only junior rugby, but senior rugby. Everyone's going through their pre-season um, hit-outs at the moment. So the Waka Nathan officially starts this this weekend in Auckland, Galahad Shield. Uh, oh, so nice. that's just a pre-season competition uh, precursor prior prior to the, the Galahad Shield starting. Um, in a few weeks, so I think the first week after Easter, 10th of April, 
And so Watamata will be going up against uh, the local uh, Waitakere. So there'll be a local derby to kickstart the season, Waitamera or Waitamata and Waitakere. So a lot of history there. Yep. Are you going to be in the vicinity for, for Waitamata or... <laughs> <laughs> what's what's your season looking like, Roch? Yes, um, two years. One more, one more, eh? one more. Yeah, one more. Might as well. <laughs> you know, you're a long time retired. There's that old saying: you're a long time retired, so might as well yeah. try and squeeze every last bit of lemon juice out of out of your <laughs> lemons of playing. <laughs> there's not much. There's not much juice. There's not much juice left. <laughs> But no, nah, still enjoying it. Still just trying to train and, and uh, get amongst it. But yeah, it's, it's the game seems to be getting faster and faster. But then again, yep. it could just be me getting slower. <laughs> nice, nice, nice thoughts there, Rog. Um, yep, just for me, that Blues uh, Crusaders game is going to be must-watch. So I'm going to be also be at the game, Rog, so I might see you there. I'll look for the guy who's getting booed when he's walking around, which will be you. Um, yeah, but thanks for bringing up that grassroots because that's good to know. And um, we should, if you can't go out to support the Blues or you, or you think it's a rip-off or whatever, just go and support your grassroots team and, and support the local footy because that's always good to, to watch. You never know, you, sometimes you can see the next big thing as well. I remember I watched David yes. Smith. I watched him playing for Pontonby and I was blown away by how awesome he was. And then I saw him popping up for Auckland, like not long after that. And I thought, "Yep, there it is. I remember that and guy." They'll, and they'll they'll be the new superstars that will be roaming around this weekend. So if you, yeah, like like Stacey said, if you're not doing anything for a nice plug for the Waka Nathan, named after one of yep. Auckland's um, finest, uh, the Waka yep. Nathan Cup is going to be kicking off at Watamata, Rathgar Road, in Swanson, and all the clubs in Auckland will be coming down to Watamata as they have been the last few years, and that's where all the games will be starting off from about 11 o'clock right through to the last game at 5pm. Yep, yep, nice. All right, good thoughts. I think that's us. So, um, yeah, just to our listeners, um, thanks for joining us for another episode of The Counteract. We're available on the usual podcast platforms, so Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you you listen to your podcast, and also on YouTube through our YouTube channel. So check us out there. Uh, keep listening and keep watching and providing us that feedback. So, yep, Rog, thanks for jumping on, brother, and being part of the pod and Get sharing up. your rugby knowledge and your enthusiasm. And we'll be back again next week. So cheers, everyone. Go the Chiefs. <laughs> you always want to get that last word, don't you? <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> nah. Nah. Nice, nice, nice.